Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Najibar. Let's open up with a prayer. This uh, will be part 10 on the uh, Meditations on the Sadness of Christ, and it will be episode 22 of season 2. So let's begin. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. So let's begin with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Next, we'll say the confession of sins. I confess to Almighty God and to Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, to Blessed Michael the Archangel, to Blessed John the Baptist, to the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, and to all the saints, that I have sinned exceedingly in thought, word, and deed, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I invoke the Blessed Mary Ever-Virgin, Blessed Michael the Archangel, Blessed John the Baptist, the Holy Apostle Peter and Paul, and all the saints, to pray to the Lord our God for me. May Almighty God have mercy upon us, and forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting men. Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision. May the Almighty and Merciful Lord grant us pardon and absolution and remission of all our sins. Amen. So I'm going to recite three prayers um, for um, that will be a very appropriate for the times that we live in. It's from a prayer book called Blessed Trinity, Book of Catholic Prayers. The first one is prayer in times of tribulation. O Almighty God, despise not your people who cry unto you in, the, in their affliction, but before the glory of your name, turn away your anger and help us in our tribulation. Through Christ our Lord, amen. We'll say a Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. The next one is a prayer in time of calamity. O Lord Jesus Christ, holy immortal God, have mercy upon us and upon all men. Purify us by your holy blood. Forgive us by your holy blood. Save us by your holy blood, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. The last one is here, prayer in a time of famine and pestilence. Grant, we implore you, O Lord, an answer to our hearty supplications. And turn your wrath, being appeased, turn away from us this pestilence 
that the hearts of men may know that the, that these scourges proceed from your anger and cease by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. This next one is... Um, for anyone who could be suffering, any one, anyone who could be suffering from the um, coronavirus, or anyone who's sick, or knows anyone who could be sick, so um, it's to the Blessed Virgin. Prayers for health of body and soul. Most Holy Virgin Mother of the Incarnate Word, treasure house of grace and refuge of us wretched sinners with lively faith we have recourse to your motherly love and ask for the grace of ever doing god's will and yours in your most holy hands we place our hearts and of you we ask health of body and soul as we have the same hope that you our most loving mother will hear us we say to you with lively faith Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Defend, we invoke you, O Lord, through the intercessions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, your servant from all infirmity, and mercifully deemed to guard the prostrate in sincerity of their hearts before you against the snares of the enemy, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. And St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us from evil. Amen. So, uh, we'll read from Psalm 23. The Divine Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This next one is Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? 
He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessings from the Lord, and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So um, I'm going to read to you uh, just from directly from Thomas More's Sadness of Christ. He gives you a sort of like a combination. Um, Matthew 26, verse 39, and Mark 14, verse 35 to 36. Uh, so let's begin. And going a little away, he fell face down on the earth and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, to you all things are possible. Take this cup away from me. But yet, not what I will, but what you will. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So, uh, as you can see, more is really taking his time in his, uh, this book. He wrote this, remember in the tower of London and he was thinking about his death and he was praying. There was nothing left to do, uh, for him. Uh, he was about to face his trial and he will be a kangaroo court. Cromwell is insistent either on breaking him. This is Thomas Cromwell, who sort of uh, is a very, um, was a very ambitious man and wanted very much to turn England into a Protestant country. He felt that he had uh, absolute influence on the king. Technically, what Cromwell was, along with the Boleyns, this is um, Anne Boleyn's uh, family, were what you call worms in the ear of the king, King Henry VIII. Well, technically, they were. And the king so desperately wanted Cromwell, um, Thomas More to be bend the knee to bend the knee and go along with everybody to go along with the rest of the country. But Thomas More was not going to do it. It's strange. A lot of people criticize more for, um, what they thought was maybe a pathological, desire for mar martyrdom. 
I don't believe that. No one, I mean, if you, many scholars would tell you that's not true. Uh, many of them who do say that, who want to believe this about Thomas More, have a very strong anti-Catholic streak. Well, More was getting closer to Christ. Each day was a day getting closer, was a day getting closer to his uh, martyrdom, to the day that he would get closer to the Lord. His country, England, originally was called the Dowry of Mary. Um, it was a poor country. It wasn't known for its great weather. Obviously, to this day, England is still a, a very cloudy place. Fog and lots of rain. Um, it wasn't um, pretty much. I mean, it was right there at the tip uh, of Europe. It was, a, it was an island nation. It's an island nation. Still is. And Scotland was also a very, is a very cloudy place and it rains a lot. Further west from England, you got Ireland, a deeply Catholic country. And many of the Scots, many of the Irish, and there were many English in the northern country who held on to the faith, who held on to the Catholicism. And many of them will be martyred. Many, many of them will suffer under, the, under King Henry VIII's madness. Um, by the French, he was called Nero, the Nero of England. Because he will slaughter many of his people. Um, you could see woodcuts and images of Catholics hanging from, their, from the tree. The English martyrs. And there'll be many English martyrs long after Henry VIII is gone. So uh, let's go a little further and read uh, Moore's. Meditation here. First of all, Christ, the commander, teaches us by his own example that his uh, that that his soldiers should take humility as his starting point. Since it is the foundation, as it were, of all the virtues from which one may safely mount to a higher levels. For though his divinity is equal and identical to that of God the Father, nevertheless, because he is also man, he casts himself down humbly as a man, face down on the earth before God, his Father. Let us pause for, uh, for a moment and contemplate with a devout mind our commander lying on the ground in humble supplication. For if we do this carefully, a ray of that light which enlightens every man who comes into the world will illuminate in our minds so that we will see and recognize, deplore at long and long last correct. I will not say the negligence, the sloth or apathy, but rather the free, the, the free blind blamedness, the insanity, the downright blockheaded stupidity, 
with which most of us approach the all-powerful God. And instead of praying reverently and address Him properly, instead we come up in a lazy and sleepy sort of way. Not by the same token, uh, I'm afraid, that instead of placating Him and gaining His favor, we exasperate Him and sharply provoke His wrath. What Moore is saying here, we don't, some of us don't really pray properly. We don't come completely with an open heart. We don't come and completely pour out our very selves. We come always asking. We're asking for things. We're asking for material things. We're asking for a better job. We're asking for a better, uh, a better home. We're asking maybe for things that are very temporary, very, you know, selfish, vain things. What Moore is saying is, is pouring out and opening yourself completely to God. In a, and, and have a deep relationship. To pray doesn't always mean asking for more things. We're going to get those things. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mountain. He already knows what you're going to ask. He already knows what you need. And of course, obviously, we sometimes ask for things we don't need and may not be good for us. But... To be completely, to completely strip yourself, completely bring yourself completely naked in a figurative way and completely open in a way of, I would say, where we're fully known, as St. Paul says, to be known and to be fully known. In other words, completely open yourself like a like a wound and stop playing games stop completely playing games more here that believes that we need to completely real see see ourselves and realize how god sees us this is why he talks about coming to prayer with humility coming to prayer uh, truthfully. You know, to, you know, Jesus himself was a man and he prayed, but he was God. Remember, more is still lingering in the fact that Christ decided to make himself human and have human feelings and emotions. An interesting thing, um, we just passed St. Joseph's, um, feast day. All right. The guardian of the church, no celebration of St. Joseph. The bishops decided because of the coronavirus to shut the shut the doors of the church. Now, St. Joseph in many ways, I think I've said it in the last podcast, was everything that God the Father 
expressed. He, in other words, he reflected all that God the Father. And Joseph, remember, died off stage of the Gospels. In other words, he was not, there's no recording, there's not even a word from St. Joseph's mouth recorded in Scripture. He was complete silence. And then God the Father, when it came to the Lord's passion, sort of pulled himself away off stage. Pretty much mirroring that of St. Joseph. It's been said, I think Fulton Sheen said it, and I believe other saints have said it, everything that God the Father had to say, he said it in the manhood of St. Joseph. Joseph was the role model for our Lord's manhood. Okay, Joseph, by marrying the Virgin Mary, gave Jesus a Jewish identity and gave him a legal home. All right, he needed a father in a patriotic culture. And this is who he needed. The man was everything. He taught Jesus how to work in many ways. Who else did Jesus have to imitate and model himself after? But his, but the father, his foster father. Now, here he is in the garden and he's praying to God the father. And God the father now has hid himself. In a sense, this is almost like us. A sec, he's losing. Finally, he's losing. He lost his earthly father, and his heavenly father is now pulling away. He had to go through this passion. He went through the loss of a father, and now he's, in a sense, seeing his father. He knows his father will never abandon him. His heavenly father, but. He appears and comes to him humbly, humbly. He falls down on the ground. He is giving us an example of how to pray when we're scared. How to pray when we don't get an answer. How to act when we, when we know is the answer. It's psychological, remember. He decided to take upon himself and experience human psychology, human nature, human fears. And it's terrifying. Remember, my soul is sorrowful unto the point of death. He's terrified. He, he's terrified. He's completely terrified. He always spoke about his father. The father loves me and I love the father. The father loves the son and the son loves the father. I and my father are one of the same. My father's working and so I am always working. Did you get it? My father is working and so I work. The son always does what the father does. It's obvious that in many cases there is some deep connection God the Father found a man in St. Joseph that reflected 
the fatherhood of God and the manhood of Joseph was everything that the father expressed. And now the terror of his abandonment he's expressing. Remember what I said in the last one. People always say, um, last episode, how God doesn't know how I feel. God doesn't know what I'm going through. That's not true. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly the terror we're, we're experiencing. He understands this because Christ experienced this for us. So I'm going to end it here. And uh, we're going to move a little further uh, because we're getting closer soon to Holy Week. Um, it's There's a lot in this book. And there's a lot of a lot I couldn't read because or else the podcast end would be so long. I think taking n- uh, nuggets, uh, pieces of this would help. But uh, also I want to give a shout out. Um, my podcast now can be heard in Italy. And I have a good friend in Italy, um, Father Sal. Um, let me just say this. Uh, Father Sal was the one who baptized me first in uh, in the Byzantine Catholic Rite. He baptized me. The reason why I say it because Sal unfortunately had to leave, and uh, I never um, he never had a chance to um, uh, write out and print a uh, a baptism certificate. <laughs> so I had to reach out to another priest uh, to try to get a baptism certificate, but I had to do a conditional baptism. In other words, to be certain. Uh, uh, but I was f- absolutely baptized by Sal. And Sal, Father Sal, um, was um, in many ways uh, introduced me to um, Byzantine Catholicism. And to this day, it's probably one of the reasons why I I fell in love with uh, the icons in the Catholic, uh, icons in the Eastern Rite. And um, in many ways, I decided I wanted to uh, enter the church and Sal was there for me. And he, um, you know, beautifully uh, baptized me in the Byzantine Catholic Rite. Um, I remember it, um, it was during, um, it was during, during the time of Easter and, um, it was, um, uh, is, I have fond memories of that time and, uh, I miss him very much. He's in Italy. I hope you're safe, Sal. And I hope the, the rest of the family is safe. Um, so say a prayer for Sal and say a prayer for Italy, please, because a lot of people are suffering there. From this coronavirus, um, there's a lot of, well, unfortunately, our bishops are very silent, but there's a lot of priests, good priests, who are coming up with genius ways. Uh, one particular priest I saw um, set up a confessional at his window in his parish on the side so people can walk up, ring the bell, and the door, uh, a door will be opened, there'll be a screen, so there'll be no contact. Um, so people can confess, uh, there's another photo of a priest sitting on outside on the road. 
So someone drives up, there's that, could they call it social distancing between the two, the driver um, and the priest, and the priest will hear your confession because people still need the sacraments. Unfortunately, um, it's, uh, the doors are closed to the church and it's a, it's a problematic thing because I have mixed feelings about it. I understand why it has to be done, and I believe it's it's safer because people people um, if they're sick, unfortunately, they don't want to be deprived of this, of, of Holy Communion. And um, you know, when you go to church, you get the um, the occasional coughing person. Sometimes they sound like they're coughing up both lungs and um people if they're sick and some people don't realize they have it and they you know they touch the pews and the kids you know how kids are you know how many times they probably put their hands in their mouth and you know you just don't know and unfortunately this virus works pretty fast and i understand the need for um not wanting people to get sick, but I still believe that um, I think the bishops could at least make a sacramental message. I think they could have taken a little bit more effort to um, have some more programs for people. You know, at least something to communicate, maybe on the radio, maybe on TV. Now that everybody's home, they could at least do make some effort, and they're not doing that. The priests are doing are are making their best efforts. Some are, even are having um, Eucharistic processions, um, something like that. I mean, this is um, they just closed the doors and they went into hiding. You know, it just doesn't. It's not right. Unfortunately, I feel. You know, um, I understand the closing of the doors. I really, I reluctantly accept it. A lot of us are reluctantly accepting it. It's safer this way. Understandable. But you're the shepherds. You're the bishops. Make a little effort to appear in public, on the radio. Have some programs. I'm sure the stations... The radio stations would love it. But at least you'll be drawing, um, what do you call it, uh, ratings. You know, just make an effort. They're not doing that, and I think that's wrong. So let's end it with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. So we'll be back another next episode soon.